0: Hello friends, this is Greg Shear and you are here with me on the Greg Shear Music Podcast where we talk about the music of Greg Shear and put it in a podcast, hence the name, The Greg Shear Music Podcast. Without further ado, let us move on with our program. And our program today is talking about a new song called, "O Risen Christ, Our Living Hope and I thought it would be interesting uh, for me to take you through the process of writing a song. So I'm actually not going to play the song for you, the finished song for you, until the very end. Instead, we're gonna go through my process of of writing, in fact, the process of creation in general. So, let's, uh, let's start with how this happens. A lot of times when I'm working on a church service here at Fuller Ave CRC, I get the scriptures, I get the themes and then I, I go to hymnary.org and I start to look for songs that might be uh, just right for that particular theme. So as I uh, searched for songs, um, I can't remember the passage right now, it's from Romans and it was talk about um, the, the resurrected Christ being our hope. And uh, so as I was looking for, for pieces, I didn't find a ton of just fantastic things, um, but I found one that I thought fit pretty well. It's called, O oh Christ, Our Hope, Our Heart's Desire. You can find it in the Gray Psalter Hymnal uh, 485. Let's just take a quick listen to how that music sounds. No, that's fine for what it is it's a little bit um, cloyingly chromatic uh, I guess is how I would describe it it's not a tune that um, the tune is called Manoa it's not one that I would um, necessarily feel like I needed to introduce it to my congregation all right all you lovers of the tune Manoa can send me hate mail at your leisure another tune that um, is used with this is uh, loped goat. It's a used often in Lutheran hymnals. So let's hear that. <laughs> So once again, a perfectly serviceable tune, but not one that I was uh, eager to use necessarily uh, in church on Sunday. So of course, as I thought about this, I said, well, it's a good text, I could put a, a new tune to it. And this doesn't always happen, but sometimes it happens that I just sit down and quickly write a tune. So I'm going to play you the tune that I wrote. One of the things that you have to understand is I am just about the world's worst pianists, so um, you're going to have to bear with me. So I wrote that like literally in about f- five minutes. Uh, that's an A-A-B-A form for those of you who keep track of such things. And I thought it was a pretty good a pretty good tune. Um, I kind of liked, uh, you know, you just have to be honest and say it's kind of in that new hymn sort of style made famous by people like uh, Keith Getty, Keith Getty, Stuart Townend, uh, Matt Papa, people like that. Um, so it's, it's a pentatonic melody, which is gonna give it a little bit of a folk flavor or an Irish flavor. Um, the chords are all within the key, uh, those kinds of things. But as I kind of, it, it percolated in my mind throughout the day, I realized a couple things. First, it sounded suspiciously to me, like Lord I Need You, the Matt Maher song. So here's my melody. <laughs> remember the words right now. But it kind of went to the exact same places as a Met Mar. So I, I had to do something about that. So I um, changed it to this. So it's got that, you know, kind of a unique uh, melodic fingerprint. So I went to like that now the next uh part and so that i think that changed it enough from the matt marr kind of groove that i would be safe on that level but then the next problem i had uh is going into the chorus (laughs) and i thought oh wait a second what other song does that you're in the key of d go up the D chord and then you're on the G the four chord well it's in Christ alone now I'm trying to out Getty Getty on this song but I don't want to copy him right so so I later change that to which I felt like was um, was enough of a change to make it feel like it wasn't just kind of um, walking in the path that that is uh, that had that had previously trod for me. And interestingly, after I made that decision, I I have found a gazillion songs in this style that are in the key of D, Ba-da-da-da. and they usually go and
1: we sing Hallelujah,
0: etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. By the way, I just made that up. So copyright
1: Greg Shear, 2021. And we sing hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah,
0: that was good. All right. So now, uh, one of the things that I do when I write a song, I often make a demo of it. Now, I got in the habit of making demos of all of my music, uh, maybe five or 10 years ago, simply because I realized that even though I read music, I, I can't expect most people to read music. And so it would be silly of me to not give them away to access my music. Like only people that can read music can, um, can hear my, my uh, songs. So I always put it, I make at least a lead sheet of my music um, in music notation, but I also make a demo. The other reason that I make a demo is for myself. Especially if it's a congregational song, I find that as I record the demo, I find out things about the song. It's kind of like you know the maiden voyage, the test drive of the song to find out, does this thing actually work? Is it is it working like I expected it to work? Are there lyrics that um, kind of catch me every time I go through them? Uh, are there lyrics, are there chords that I thought were gonna be really, really good uh, when I was sitting at the piano, working on it, and then suddenly I find out that no they they just they just don 't work in the context of the song, so it gives me a, a chance to kind of smooth off round edges and those kinds of things so here this this time, it was a really big deal um, as I started working on this i and started notating it uh, in uh, I use Dorico now instead of finale, so as I was notating it in Dorico. I realized that I was actually hearing it in three, four. So, what I was playing for you before was one, two, three, and four. One, Right? But I realized I was hearing it. And the 3-4 actually worked better because it took off that big space in the middle. So otherwise, I would have been singing, O oh, risen Christ, our living hope,
1: our loving Savior. So now it can all be one phrase. O oh, risen Christ, our living hope, our loving Savior, whom we sing. So that was the first big thing that happened
0: in terms of my, my editorial uh, work the next thing that happened was uh, I completely changed the, the last line um, so I should point out that the original John Chandler hymn that I was taking from I actually took his verse 2 and turned it into a chorus I changed the words a little bit but
1: um, it goes how vast the grace how great the love has due as any you see, you died our death, and rose to
0: life. And I had it first, hold on one second, sorry about that, I have a demo queued up and it just keeps playing, and I now turned it off. So as I was saying, and rose to life, my original was, that we might be set free. And that's all well and fine, but I, as I sang it, I, it just seemed wrong. Every time I, and rose to life, <gasps> that we, it just felt like it was an awkward pause, so I changed it to.
1: And rose to life, that we might be, I live abundantly. Now,
0: if you're a total hymn text nerd, you're probably going to get all over me about abundantly landing on Lee because it's supposed to be abundantly and I get it and I don't normally do that kind of thing but there are a couple of reasons I did it one that we might be set free felt to me like fine but kind of a foregone conclusion in terms of the rhyme scheme and also not exactly what I wanted to say in terms of the, the text so what I really wanted to bring out and what I don't think the original hymn text brought out as well as I would have liked is this idea of the resurrected Christ, and what does that mean for us? So there are lots of Easter songs that talk about the resurrection, um, the the women at the tomb, all of those kinds of things, right the story. and there are lots of things that that talk about um, about uh, new life and and all that, but they really don't tie the two together. this idea that that the point is not just that Jesus died for our sins, but that Jesus rose again, and that his new life means that we can live new life in him. And so that's kind of the message of Eastertide, in a sense, rather than Easter Day. And I really want to hammer that out, and it seems to me that, that instead of saying, died to set me free, which is really about Christ's uh, death, I want to say that, he um, rose to life that we might live abundantly. So in other words, we have a different kind of life because Jesus rose again. So that was my next set of edits. And um, what else do I want to say? Then I started working on a um, a piano arrangement, and then I started to record the demo. And one of the things that I figured out very quickly is that that the song was just too
1: high. Um, when I get to how vast the grace, how great the love, as deep as any sea,
0: it, it's just, it was just too high. So that was my next change is that I brought it down to the key of C. Now this is still, um, it's going to be high when you get up to, it's going to be high when you get up to that C, but it's not horribly high and it gives the, the song a little bit of um, lift so oh risen
1: Christ our living hope our loving Savior whom we sing so that's in a low range
0: but, but kind of just a relaxed range and then how vast
1: the grace how great the love as deep as any sea
0: and I
1: could have, I could have moved it down. But that's a little bit too low, so I put it up
0: to C. Now, I know the moment you've all been waiting for, so patiently. Uh, I'm going to play the final version. So it was really kind of interesting. Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna do one thing. Excuse me for one moment, will you? Okay, I'm back. As I was about to play the final demo, I thought, no, wait a second. There was an intermediate step. And so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to play a little bit of, I made a, a real quick demo to send to Dale Cooper, who was preaching, to say, is this something that you would want to follow your sermon? So let's take a listen to that
1: o risen christ our living hope our loving savior whom we sing a grateful song of endless love a tune that flows from mercy's stream how vast the grace how great the love has Life, that we might live
0: so, you can see that's just a, a basic demo with guitar, a little bit of bass, and a voice, but it gets the idea down. And then, and I sometimes do that, just a real quick demo, make it clean enough that you can hear what's going on, but not all gussied up. And so, Dale Cooper gave the thumbs up, gave the go ahead, and so I started moving forward on that. And so then I did a final, uh, a final demo. I still call it a demo. Um, and I guess I should say this. I was going to do the demo from scratch. I was going to do it just slightly faster. I was going to do it, yada, yada, yada. I was going to do all sorts of things. As I started working on it, I said, you know what? That original demo has quite a charm to it. And so I actually salvaged that, put an intro on it, all those kinds of things. Uh, a couple things that you'll notice in my final song is that I used a, um, a pad, a worship pad. Uh, so there's nothing that says worship song like in the background. And you'll know exactly what I mean. You've heard it in a thousand uh, worship songs. And so I figured, well, I'll, I'll use that on this one. I think it'll work really well. Um, and what else did I do? Oh, and I put in drums. So I'm not much of a drummer, but I certainly do have fun playing the drums and uh, have been experimenting with recording the drums and is there anything else I need to tell you
1: about this thing? No.
0: Now is the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's take a listen to the final song.
1: Oh risen Christ, our living hope, our loving Savior, A grateful song of endless love A tune that flows from mercy's stream How vast the graves, how great the love As deep as any sea You died our death and rose to life No song could speak, no tongue express, no mind could know, no heart convey How vast the grace, how great the love.
0: final song the final version of the song if you want to read a little bit more about it you can go to my music blog and uh, this is the latest post on my music blog Um, in the next couple days I think it will be up on my website where you can buy um, where you can download a lead sheet for free purchase a piano accompaniment for five dollars I don't want to make this too advertisey though this is just a podcast. Uh, so anyways, I hope you found that interesting. I think it's kinda, I kinda geek out on stuff like this. I, um, I'm all about the editing and the re-editing and sometimes you can take a mediocre idea and turn it into something great simply by just keep working at it. Um, Sometimes you can take a really good idea and just kill it. Uh, But in this particular case, I think the end result was pretty good. Pretty happy with it. I would love to hear from you, you can write to me at greg at gregshear.com, you can subscribe to this podcast, you can subscribe to my blog, there are just so many ways to stay in touch. And let's do that, shall we? Goodbye once again, Greg Shear for the Greg Shear Music Podcast. Cue the exit music! Oh wait, wait, we don't have exit music. so. All right, so we're just going to end it, and I'll I'll think about exit music later. Goodbye.